and welcome to the LaRouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Stu Hardy, joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, been an interesting weekend of rugby, but how have you been? Yeah, man, not too bad. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, pretty action-packed weekend, plenty of games. That Saturday was crazy, having uh, four MLR games and the Six Nations, and then obviously um, the madness that uh, seemed to anger everybody on any form of social media. That was Ireland, Italy. Um which it's kind of funny because that is that not the same rule that showed up in that Seattle game that Riker Hadding was like nearly argued his way out of a couple of weeks ago? I believe it is, but yeah. obviously, uh, I've never heard when, of when this it's rule. on a test level, it's uh, completely different. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've never heard of this rule, and now I've seen it twice in like th- two, three weeks. Kind of, uh, kind of crazy. I saw Kieran Crowley send out a tweet that, like, you know, it's like it's saying that the ref handled it properly because it is the rule. Um, it's a bizarre rule, but I wonder if that's I wonder if it's going to start some debate on uh, whether or not, as we talked about last episode, it's like maybe we got to adjust some of these rules in rugby because they don't uh, they don't make a whole lot of sense sometimes. That is true. And we'll be talking about uh, rules and sanctions and the like in a little bit. Oh, However, yeah. let's move away from uh, the test level and let's get back to. MLR because the first game of the weekend was the Toronto Arrows game and it was down in the, the US capital south of the border and you know maybe didn't start off the best way it could have uh, DC scored a try unable to get the conversion and then for the remaining 65 minutes Toronto scored 29 unanswered points so final score DC 5 Toronto 29 first time this season Toronto have managed to get the bonus point win and they will be going into the bye week. Refresh and Boyd now on two wins and two losses. So, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting game. You know, four different try scorers, which obviously helped. And yeah, the immediate response after DC were able to get that try from the uh, driving mall at the line out. Immediately from the restart, the ball gets um, regathered. Goes out wide and eventually out to Lucas Rumble, who goes over for the first try of the game. Um, and yeah, that just basically set the tone for the rest of the match. Uh, Derek, what did you think of uh, Toronto's response to that try? Yeah, like you said, like obviously the response is great. Um, the uh, yeah, like the first like 15 minutes of the game, it was uh, the arrows kind of had a hard time getting anything going and then. Obviously, kind of ended up with a you know a couple penalties, you know, to put Old Glory in that position to have that mall, and uh, they were able to push it over. I think um, uh, maybe we'll talk uh, talk about it a little bit later. But I thought overall, like the Arrows' mall defense in this game was was fantastic. Um, but this is the one, the the only one that they really got beat on. Um, and it it kind of capped off like an opening like fifteen minutes where you know, old glory was seen, looked to be like in control of the game. And it, it's amazing how in the game of rugby, sometimes how fast momentum can swing just on one play. And, yeah. And for, for it to be realistic, it's, you know, it, it really highlights too like how important restarts are um, for, for all teams. Right. Like, you know, Malcolm puts the kick up. Della Vega beats his man to it. Grat pulls it down. Great play by Della Vega. Brody is able to then get to the rock, pass the Quatrin. Quatrin makes a nice run, draws in a couple more defenders. 
And then Brody goes real quick off the next ruck, which they go Malcolm Jones. Jones is able to get it out wide to Mirez Hood and then back inside to Rumble for the, to finish off the try. Um, part of that too, though, is like Rumble and Cellini when I think it's, I think, is it when Malcolm has the ball? I think it might, it's when Malcolm has the ball and Rumble and Cellini both run some really nice lines that draws in the rest of the old glory defenders or the forwards that are there anyways. And then Malcolm sends it back, sends it to Jones instead, which causes Frazier to have to run way in off his wing to attempt to do anything. Um, but obviously it's at this point, it's way too late. Cause the arrow's just the, the, the passing is just going to be there. Um, she, he can't really do much. Um, somebody gets to hood eventually, uh, but easy offload for Rumble to score. So, like, it's a brilliantly well-worked try and just kind of shows how... Uh, I think, ultimately, in this game, one of the big positives when you kind of look at it as a whole is the offense got going, the attack got going a lot. Um, you know, we talk about... You mentioned that there it's a bonus point win, right? So, four tries, which matches their combined total from the previous three games. Right, so they yeah. doubled the try total in one game. There's also two tries in this game that got disallowed. One kind of maybe borderline, okay, I can see being disallowed. One that definitely, James O'Neill's. we'll get to that later, definitely should have counted. But Jones Jones almost scores a try, um, you know, or actually I guess after kind of jumping ahead of myself, we got to get to Brody's try first before we get yeah. to Jones's. not quite a try, but yeah, great response from the arrows. And then this, the, honestly, this moment kind of, it turned the tide of the game completely because it went from the opening 15 minute, minutes being basically dominated by old glory to the remaining 65 being owned by Toronto. So big, big play from Della Vega to set it up. And then obviously mm-hmm. everybody involved in Rumball's finish. Indeed. So we are going to talk about Brody's try, which um, was, you know, uh, pushing towards the try line and defenders wrapped in. Brody then able to snipe underneath and get the try. Um, However, the main controversy that came about was what was happening off the ball with Jameson Fernanda Schultz and Lucas Rumble. Uh, Now, if you've been on the team's uh, social media or have received the post-match report, you'll know that uh, Fernanda Schultz, um, according to TMO, uh, pushed um, Rumble in the back of the head. And as we all know, when you get pushed in the back of the head, uh, you get a massive black eye. Um, now, I believe pushed there may have... back of the head with medium force. With me- yeah. It's like, interesting how you can measure that from a TMO perspective, but... You know, these are the referees, not me. So if you look into the build-up for the try and you take your eye off Brody, a lot like the DC players did, um, you'll notice Fernando Schultz and Rumble in the uh, ruck and you'll see Fernando Schultz, um, well, basically punch um, Rumble in on the body and what can only be described as a head, as that's how you normally get black eyes. Um, now, Derek and I were talking before the podcast because we were saying that obviously during the game, this was just um, brought up as a warning. Uh, Fernando yeah. Schultz later got a yellow card for another offense or repeated offense. But we're bringing up that because MLR now have disciplinary measures, and you can find that on majorleague.rugby, 
Um, they follow the uh, sanction table used by World Rugby and the offences from World Rugby 9. Again, these links are provided on the MLR website. And we were discussing of what this could be. Now, they have punching or striking with hand, arm, elbow or shoulder. At the low end, that's a ban of two weeks, mid-range of six weeks, top end of over 10 weeks and the max of a year. Um, and looking at the disciplinary uh, measures that have come in so far, these have all had an entry point of mid-range. So you could say that um, this should be starting at a six-week six match ban for Fernando Schultz. Um, however, there is also contact with the eye area now, again, the wording behind this is vague. This could be directed towards like eye gouges or stuff like that or raking across the eye. But um, contact with the eye area, the mid-range is eight weeks. Reckless contact with the eye is 12 weeks. And intentional contact with the eye, the mid-range is 18 weeks. But so, again, we're not citing commissioners. Otherwise, we'd be throwing the book at him, 208 weeks out of the league. Get out of here. Um once the but next in, time USA plays Canada, he's out for that too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's uh, kind of a bizarre situation, really. Like it was just. It seemed. I guess it seemed mishandled in the moment, and like, because obviously, so Brody scores the try, um, which I mean, another aside um, was great work from the arrows. A lot of like you know pick and goes, good work from the forwards to actually you know, to get down there and to set up the try. But I feel like that's kind of besides the point because this is obviously the thing we're going to talk about on this play. But, you know, like you said, right, the, you know, the the law nine for the disciplinary issues, it does kind of have a chart that kind of guides it. It is a very vaguely worded chart, though. And I feel like this, I feel like just because they separate punching as its own thing, like that's what it clearly is, is a punch. Um, I think the other, like, I don't know. I I'm reading that as the other things with the eyes are like eye gouging or something. Um, but it was, it seemed to be just like grossly mishandled, like in, in the, you know, when it immediately happened, because like you just kind of said it when Brody scores, right? Like you can hear, if you go back, just go back and watch the game, pull it up on the rugby network just play it. It's not hard to hear. Put your headphones in maybe, but like the, there's a couple arrows players that immediately are like immediately yelling that rump ball just got punched in the face. Right. And I think even at, I think even at one point somebody says, it's like, yeah, just like look at the face or what, like, you know what I mean? Which tells me that obviously, obviously his eyes swelled up pretty quick. Right. Um, and like, so the thing is, is like the arrows are in, like are trying to be like drawing a. They're doing their best to draw attention to this, and then it's you know when the TMO calls the right and the way it's described was you know a push to the back of the head with medium force, which is obviously incorrect, right? And I kind of felt like it's like okay, like the TMO was given the the official like the wrong information so i get why maybe it didn't pull like the card out instantly there but it's also like if you're the tmo like the referee like do you not like put two and two together be like hey like the the team was just saying that they felt that you know one guy was 
somebody on their team was punched in the face, right? Yeah. And the TMO was telling you to warn a player for pushing on someone's head. Like, do you not kind of combine that? I don't know. I feel like maybe that could have. But to have the game, like, continue too, and it's just the, the way the game continued, like, Fanana Schultz was just being an idiot Yeah, this whole game, right? And, like, the worst kind of idiot, too, is obviously Rumball's hurt. Um, he had to leave the game. Who know? Like, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. But it was just like, so it's like, you know, kind of being a danger to your opponents. But like, even even from like a rugby point of view, you're just a, he was just a straight up liability to the old glory DC in this game. Like yeah. he there is he had no positive contribution. He directly hurt his team. Yeah. Like he made his team worse the whole game. Right. Um. You even kind of look at it, right? Like, look at um, the actual Brody try. You know, instead of punching Rumble in the face, you could have, I don't know, tackled Brody. You're the closest guy yeah. to him next to that Stewart. Is true. Like, you could have, right? Like, next to Stewart, you were the closest guy to him, right? Like, instead of punching Rumble in the face, you could have... Stewart's, Stewart's kind of there. He's, like, the first guy off the ruck, but he's way too far away. That's where Brody sees this gap in, and, like... The guy that would have been on the other side, like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just looking at that play differently. I don't know. But yeah, it seems that, you know, yeah, like you could have done that. And then, you know, the very next play, like not even like there's not even a whistle between this where he like gets warned again because he gets tied up with Quatrin right away, like at the end of the next play, gets tied up with Quatrin. Quatrin probably getting in his face a little bit too for like, you know, you got to stick up, stick up for your teammates and stuff. Right. So it's nice to see, you know, some guys kind of go over and let Fernanda Schultz know about it, but you know, and it's like, so he gets a warning again. So he's got like, he's just piling up warnings. And then in the next half, he's just like, Hey, Tommy Della Vegas, 40 feet away from the ball has no impact on this play at all. So I'm just going to push him for no, like for no reason, instead of yeah. again, same thing. Like you could have just, turn towards Mirez like yeah. Del Vega's nowhere near the ball right and it's just and it's like you get the yellow card like he should he could have had like three or four yellow cards in this game yeah whatever like it's it was just and it's like you kind of look at it and you know what I mean it's like the tri tries being scored while he's in the sin bin tries being scored while he's punching guys in the face turn turnovers being caused while he's doing other stuff um, yeah, like, uh, he's just, he was a lot like, yeah, he was a liability for old glory in this game. And obviously, and, and it's going to be even worse. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, he is probably one of old glory's better players. And yeah, as you kind of lined out there, like if you throw, you throw a punch, right? Like it's, you throw a punch, it's an automatic, like according to world rugby's thing, you throw a punch two weeks, you throw a punch at like labeling things as uh what do they have it labeled? Let me pull up the world rugby thing. What do they have it labeled as the low, like low end, mid range, top end max, how they word it. I don't know what the definition of a low end punch or a mid range punch or a top end punch would be. How the same as like low how, range force, mid force. Yeah. Medium so like, force. Yeah. Force. I, I don't know. Like obviously Brumball's got a pretty, uh, pretty big black eye or whatever, but um, yeah. So it's, like, I don't know how to do it, but yeah, like, it's like, he could be out for like, you know, who knows how long he could be out for. And it's like, yeah, now, now you're, you're 0 and 4 team and you're like, yeah, you're just like, 
throwing games away because you're being an idiot. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I was an old Glory fan, I'd be upset with them. Like, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm upset with them as an Arrows fan because you took out one of the best players on the Arrows for the game and it got missed by the officials. And, you know, but yeah, it's uh, like, I just like kind of looking well, at it in general, like, like I said, I, I don't know the way I'm looking at it. It's like, hey, instead of punching Rumble on the face, you could have tackled Brody. Um, you have done your job. Yeah, How exactly. It's like, you know, the arrow scored a try while you were in the bin because you were too dumb to go after the ball. Yeah. Um, and then you also, you didn't play very good for the rest of the game either. Like, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It was just because uh, obviously, I don't know. He was obviously frustrated and making very dumb decisions and, you know, maybe that's maybe that's why Old Glory's 0-4. Yeah. Well, now that the match has been and gone and uh, we've taken time, you know, maybe like the TMO, Emilio Luciano, maybe this can be something to, um, yeah, as a teaching point and something to work on to help identify when these are coming through and any offence of such a physical nature can be identified. Well... Yeah, oh. we're not we're not even halfway through the first half at this point. Oh, well, I know. Actually, well, actually no, we kind of covered a well, little. Well, yeah, we, we're, we're, I, at the tw- we're at the twenty six minute mark. Yeah, I was gonna say we point. went through the laundry list of dumb things that Jameson Fernandez Schultz did in this game, but uh, so it took up a that te- that's going to take up a chunk of time on the podcast. He did a uh, did a lot of not so great things. We talked yeah, about okay. all the rucks that he lost too. Well, that's the thing. Just, Just before half time, right? We need to talk about uh, the third try, which came from. Uh, Captain, uh, the Mike Shepard special, um, which, when you watch it in real time, looks as though may have been a knock-on, right? Of You have uh, Mike Shepard with his years of experience. He knows just the exact half a second needed to ground that ball yeah. and determine that that was a try. But that was, again... Hold on to it. It just says you have to have downward pressure. Exactly. But that was, again, a another episode of continued... Um, pressure against the old glory defense and eventually just finding the gap and opportunity to go over and you know that's what makes a difference and then boom that was a bit of a crazy play too right because um like the arrows kind of obviously they got that that penalty at the 40 minute mark you can choose to uh you know choose to go to post choose to play the arrows obviously chose to play that and then it was kind of that weird they were on the goal line and then they got pushed back like 10, 15 meters. And then they made their way back. It took like an extra five minutes to score the try, but it like nice to see like the patience and, you know, understanding like the attacking structure and, you know, having some faith in it to like, just, you know, hold on to the ball, stay patient and wait for the opportunity to come up. So that's how we ended the half um, DC five Toronto 19. And then we get into the second half. And before we mentioned the try, there's a uh, one player that. I think really um, showed his acumen and, you know, proved that he was a necessary signing. And in my opinion, should have been man of the match. The man of the match award did go to Ross Brody, who was equally deserving. So last week we were talking about a seven star that's come over to 15s in the form of Brock Webster. But another player that's done that for the Arrows and especially showed his acumen and the reason why he got signed this week round was Matt Hood, who just had a fantastic game you know, excellent on attack, great on defense. I believe he had at least three line breaks. And, you know, it's fantastic to see. And hopefully by the time the Arrows return to Toronto, 
fans will be able to see that in person. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, Hood was great in this game. There's a lot of guys that, uh, Hood and Mirez, like, I think Hood, Mirez, Webster as a combination in the back three is excellent. And I mean, I think in this game, like, Hood obviously had some real big line breaks. And, you know, they like, it it was impressive because it's like, like, Malcolm is, Malcolm won the kicking battle in this game. Every kicking exchange, Malcolm won it. But it was also really awesome to see that, like, Mirez and Hood were able to kind of flip the pitch and control territory with their feet in a different way. Like they would just, you know, there would be the one gap and then they would both be gone for like, you know, picking up like 30, 40 meters at a time. Right. Um, like you said, Hood had three like monster line breaks. Um, he carried for like a ton. He carried for a ton of meters in this game too. And, you know, like Mir- like you kind of look at the first try of the game Right. It's Jones sends the ball out wide to Mirez coming through the back. And it's like Mirez and Hood are able to hook up on the wing, right? Uh, to eventually lead to run ball scoring. There was plenty of other instances where they kind of did the same thing as they were like, you know, kind of weaving in and out of the old glory defense. Right. Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, and, and even on the defensive side of the ball, I thought I thought Hood was good. Um, he got trucked over by Doug Frazier a couple of times, but mm. You know, but the flip side of that though is also, yeah, he got trucked over, but um, Doug Frazier also didn't go anywhere after that. That is right? true. So it's like, hey, you did, you do, you know what I mean? Maybe not, maybe not going to end up on a high on your highlight reel, but you did your job, and you know, it's like, yeah. So I think he was good. I think there's a there's a lot of arrows players that I thought were excellent in this game, and uh, but why don't why don't we uh, talk about the rest of them? Like after we kind of finish wrapping up all the events of the game, we can go through some. Uh, as you said, some men of the match nominees or kind yeah. of pick that together. Well, I think a definite uh, one for the highlight reel will be Cole Keith's first ever try in MLR. Yeah, beauty. You know, an absolute beauty. It, it's going to be confusing in a minute, but let's talk about Cole Keith first and foremost. Of, you know, no one in front of him, perfect gamesmanship, knew he could pick the ball up, run over get the try and I know Cole Keith was telling us when we've had him on the podcast of he doesn't want to get the seven pointers because he wants uh, that 60 second break to <laughs> get back in position so of course <laughs> instead of going straight under the post he goes to the left he Dude, gets that 60 seconds I completely forgot about that but yeah he did say that when he was <laughs> on the when we were talking about about the rule changes last uh last year oh my god that's amazing i didn't even think about that so i will admit man of of his word yeah i will admit part of that was like oh i wonder why he didn't go like under the post but i guess i guess he called that like a year ago wow man i should get the uh, i should pull the audio from that again if we stick with uh the systems that we have in place and 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 things like that I, i think that um we should definitely be able to expose them out wide you know we got we got some flyers out there and uh, we'll win that battle up front and hopefully create a bit of space for them to uh, get the pretty ones under the sticks. So, the seven point pretty ones under the sticks. Yeah, well, I want them. We, we told them no more seven pointers. The boys need a little little break <laughs> after we score. We can't. I was uh, going to ask if that, that's been a point. It's been uh, Brian Wait Ray of the American Rugby News yeah. has been really uh, trying to get that that uh, rule disallowed just because of how silly it is, you know? Yeah, we want no, to. No so kick is guaranteed. Yeah, we were. We were running back and then all of a sudden the team's sprinting up getting ready to kick off and i catch my breath i'm out of panting out there i'm dying <laughs> telling carts to kick the ball away so they can't kick it and 
all this stuff. Yeah, I hate that rule. That's the worst rule they could have. <laughs> yeah, no, that was amazing. Uh, um, yeah, un- unreal play, man. And you know what? We got to see that speed. That is like why he's he's faster than uh, Giuseppe the Trois. We got to see that speed, exactly. Yeah, we right got... over that those uh, yeah, those thirty. I, I sit corrected. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, he he um, didn't brag about how how good he does in those speed tests, right? So you know, yeah. we got to see it on full display, and um, apparently he did it at the right time of the game where you're allowed to do that. Yeah, because, because uh, apparently after, you can only <laughs> do that once a game. Because when yeah. James O'Neill did the exact same thing. The TMO called it back and said that he was in front of the ball or he was his you know foot was a millimeter out of place, his hair was going in the wrong direction. I don't know what the differentiation was, but for some reason James O'Neill will have to wait at least till another oh, game to get his first try in MLR, which is disappointing, but uh and yeah, confusing man, more than anything. That's one thing, man. I think you know, I I, I see like a lot of um like the old glory fans kind of on their like fan pages and forums and stuff trying to kind of, I guess, like, you know, do the the diagnostic on this team and figure out why they're on four and stuff like watching this game. Like, I mean, whether that O'Neill try counted or not, what, like you look at um, Keith's try, no one's covering a rook um, O'Neill's non try. Even if it got called back, nobody's covering the rook Brody's try. People are punching people in the face instead of covering the rock, but ultimately yeah. nobody's covering the rock. Um, right. Even like, you know what I mean? It's like, even like shepherds finding shepherds try finding a gap next to the rock to score on, on that too. Yeah. Right. Like old glory did not do well. Just, you know, that basic rugby skill of like that basic rugby tactic of like cover the rock. Yeah. Right. And even like, like even Keith's, like Keith's comes obviously with um, Fanana Schultz in the bin. Right. But even like you should have, even if you have 12 guys on the field, you should cover that. Because yeah. that's what's going to happen if you don't cover yeah. it in I'm, a professional rugby. Like, yeah. Cause that's the thing. So I don't know who DC's defense coach is or if they even have a defense coach because at this point, I can't tell the difference. But this has been like the main wow, criticism. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. How many points have they conceded so far this season? Too many. I was going to say that's the a answer. question. I don't know. How many points have they conceded so far this season? That's an actual thing. Okay. Well, Derek uh, does that mass. I mean, but that's the thing. You I mean, you look at James O'Neill's non-try. You look at Colkey's try. There's a huge gap of not covering the Oh, rubbish. my goodness. Okay. It seems like a big number. Do you want to let the... Good folks at home know what it is. 182 Jesus. in four games. Hey Zeus. Man, that but that's but that's the thing. If I'm saying that I don't know who their defense coach is, the, the and only, I can't tell if they have one. The and only if they are team, shipping what over 45 points a game so far on average. Yeah. They've allowed 26 tries already. We're week four. Yeah. The only and you said I was doom and gloom after week two. The only team remotely close to them in any of these categories is the Dallas Jackals. Yeah. And they're the new kids on the block. Their their points differential is a hunt minus 118 already. The jack the jackal. So yeah. 
Yeah. Like even um you're like the Owen three, so it's one less game. The Owen three Utah. Well, I guess it's one less game. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read out the Utah and the NOLA stats because yeah. they're also clearly not that good, but they've only played three games, so it's maybe not a fair comparison. But but exactly, as in you you obviously can't win games if you're shipping an average of 45 points a game. Oh, you can win games. It's very hard to win games doing that. Well, you can't, hang on. You can't make the final if you're shipping 45 points a game. No. Well, yeah, you got to figure out. Well, here, here's the thing, though, too, right? Like, there, you go back the other way, and it's like they, they only have 64 points. For, like, they've only scored, like, themselves, they've also only scored, like, nine tries, which, I mean, is more than the arrows, I guess, but it's still, like, it's not that much. Yeah, but. But that's the thing. When it comes to the end of the season, and yeah. we're not we're not even getting into like points difference. We're talking about points as a whole. They have gone four games. They should have scored at least four tries in one game by now. They should they, have at least one. Well, they they yeah they don't. You're getting to the fact that they don't even have a point standing. Exactly. Yeah, they're pointless. Yeah. yeah, they haven't lost. Yeah, because well, yeah, they're getting they're getting killed, right? Yeah. Um. But it's like, yeah, like they're getting killed and it's like you kind of watch them play and it's, I don't know, um, you kind of watch them play and it's like, yeah, the, you know, you watch the way the arrows were scoring tries and just the where the gaps were opening up and it's like, yeah, like nobody, like, like O'Neal's, O'Neal's try should have counted, even if it doesn't though, like if you're old glory, like looking at your defense, you're like, how did, like, how do you allow just a try like how far out was O'Neill too? Like he was like 35, 40 meters out when he scored that, right? Like kind I think of it was about the same a as literal Keith, carbon copy. Yeah, like about the same as Keith, right? So it's like, how do you allow like props and flankers to just get like a clean like 35 meter tr- like gallop to, yeah. to the try line twice? Even if O'Neill's came back, like you shouldn't be happy with i mean like you kind of got bailed out by by the officials i guess but like like you know what i mean like like that's the thing right is this game is kind of the arrow scored four tries two of them were called back right fifth one definitely should have they should have at least five yeah right and yeah it's like i don't know the def- the defense is is porous right now from from old glory and it's definitely something that they're, that they're going to have to clean up. I don't. We'll see how that goes going forward. Let's go back to the arrows. So did we get? So we've got through all four of the tries. We got through the like after, like in all honesty. So James O'Neill scores or scores his try that gets disallowed. The arrows just like I don't know. You're it, you're in, completely dominating the game. Just kind of cruise the rest of the way. Malcolm gets a penalty at the death. Right, walk out twenty nine to five W, second win in a row. Third, third over. They've uh, Toronto's never lost to Old Glory either. That's another team they've never they've never lost to. Yeah. Um. But um. So who like you kind of mentioned you meant we mentioned Brody. Obviously, he won the man of the match. Outstanding. He won the broadcast man of the match. Outstanding game. Um. Did excellent to get a quick ball. When he made kicks, the kicks were great. Spencer Jones kind of helped him out a little bit with some really good kick chases too. Um, you know, his he's got, he's real he is really good at knowing when to like 
make that little dive for the try. Um, yeah. Oh, it always seems to time that well. Um, you know, I thought he did excellent quick ball when it was needed, really facilitated, kind of really allowed the arrows to play that wide expansive attack that would be known love um, how they play it, right? Like watching a lot of the tries, especially like say like Rumball's try, right? Ball goes all the way across the field. Um, it's so it's great to see the arrows attack clicking like that again. Brody facilitated that super well. You already mentioned Matt Hood. Um, anybody else that you think maybe you know should have been in that match, men of the match conversation? Um, anybody else that stood out to you? I got one more guy that I kind of want to mention. Okay. A couple guys I kind of want to. Okay, mention. I've got another guy in the back that I think has done uh, did really well during that game as well, and you know it, I think it was still competition for a lot of these guys for man of the match but Gaston Mirez again proving he was phenomenal player you know dodging tackles getting through making the meters doing everything you need to do I mean this is a guy that who knows that he's going to the world cup next year and is trying to prove that he's going to be in like the starting lineup for um Uruguay not only for this year but for the world cup as well he was phenomenal and you know made a massive difference um it was a tough choice by the selectors to pick uh, man of the match yeah, this week I'd say. yeah for sure i i think jones played really well too um i think you know the um you know we mentioned like mirez and hood did an excellent job of you know huge line breaks and stuff and a lot of the times jones was the guy that you know got the ball out to them or found them in like that spot where they could get that line break um he had some really nice passes jones had you know did score a try that was ultimately called back to and you know i thought he was great throughout the game um kyle bailey i thought did really well again um he got that um that old glory what is in a whiskey bottle man of the match opponent yeah. the match award um that's a really cool thing that old glory does i really like that about yeah, their I appreciate that. um so he he got that um you know um in all honesty rum ball was super was excellent well, before he got taken out of the game too, uh, had a all try. those twenty for all those twenty five minutes. He yeah, but for fantastic. he he dominated for those twenty five minutes though. Yeah, yeah. had all uh, you know he had a couple. Yeah, I think he had like two break a couple a breakdown steal or two in that twenty five minutes. Obviously scored a try, some other like nice runs, nice tackles. Um, Andrew Quatrin putting in another epic shift. Um, you know, he's playing well into the 70th minute now. Um, huge work rate, making tackles, getting some carries. Um, delightful to see. Sam Malcolm, too, was I thought was really good. Um, I like uh, there's actually a fun part. It's like after uh, Fernanda Schultz pushes Della Vega to get a um, like get a yellow, the two guys that run up to Fernanda Schultz are Cole Keith and Sam Malcolm, which um. You know, the, I I don't know everything Sam Malcolm does. I just love so um, ni- nice to see him. Uh, you know, him taking it upon himself to stick up for the boys too. Um, and well, as I mean, well, he's vice captain. Uh, he should. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. No. He's uh he, he's killing it this year. Um, great to have him back. Um, I mean, I, I think this is one of those games. Obviously, Shepard. We got to mention Shepard too. I was oh, yeah. somebody. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, huge work rate. Um, the try that he scored, but also, um. The, the the I mentioned earlier the arrows mall defense in this game I thought was outstanding. I know that old glory scored off one mall, but it's like they were like out of every other lineup that they old glory had or every other time they attempted it, 
um, phenomenal. Shepard had on two different occasions got to the ball um, around Fanana Schultz, who couldn't get the ball kind of below his chest to actually be able to conceal it in the mall. Shepard is able to wrap it up. Um, on a couple of occasions, on the occasions that he didn't wrap that up, Cellini got it too. The arrows stopped like three malls just because they could get to, like they just by getting to Fernando uh, to Fernando Schultz or whoever else um, they put up. And you know, like they Old Glory kind of tried that play where they have the one jumper, you know, catch it and then toss it down to like somebody else in the line out behind them, and it just never worked. Um, like they, they've needed, I don't, I feel like maybe they needed to switch it up and go to something else at some point during the game. Um, because like Shepard and Cellini got to like almost every single one of them. And yeah, like, I don't know. So great game from Shepard, good game from Cellini too. Um, one of those games where it's, I mean, you can probably go down the list of all 23 guys, right? Like, I don't, there's, um, you know, obviously some guys stand out, but yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of candidates that you probably could have gone with that could have been man of the match in this game. They went with Brody. Um, I personally agree with it. I know you said you would you would have gone hood, but you know, you know, ultimate team game, right? You need all twenty three yeah. guys to play well, and all twenty three guys, uh, all twenty three guys uh, did, did very well in this game. So it was a good good all around team effort. Nice W. And now they, uh, judging by social media, they're all uh, you know heading to some warmer destinations um, for this bye week now. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they enjoy it and get rest up a little bit. Well, they've definitely earned it. But we will now turn our attention to the other Canadian performances in the other teams that we're playing this week. And we're going to start up with a game that, I'll be honest, I kind of want to get through pretty quickly. It was uh, Dallas's fixture against New York. Ooh. And as soon as you saw the first scrum, you knew which Ooh. way this uh, game was yeah. going. Um, so as that, I, that sums it up. That was a good summary, actually. That was yeah. a good summary of the game. I yeah. don't know what else you need to say about this. Um, yeah, I said yeah. Liam Murray and Mo Aldermonen were put to the sword throughout this entire game. And when it just turned into a penalty factory. I will say, though, Dallas did realize quickly that their scrum wasn't going to be um, a tool they could use. So anytime they did get a scrum, they would try and feed the ball in and get it out pretty quickly as well. Yeah, unfortunately, it's... New York clocked onto that fact and were a still able to sometimes get penalties as a result from yeah, it. Uh... The final score being Dallas five, New York forty-one. Yeah, oh. this this was uh this yeah it was just it's a beatdown like from yeah. uh it's, painful to watch. Really. Yeah, typical blow, blowout. Like you said, it's like the scrum was was dominant from from New York and. You know, pretty much every other phase, facet of the game, New York was dominant into. Um, Andrew Coe has Andrew Coe scored the early candidate for the best non-try of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice crossfield kick from Sam Windsor, and unfortunately, Coe just uh, just a little like uh, a meter, a meter or so offside from when uh, from when it, where Windsor actually kicked that. But that was a super nice play. Just you know unfortunate that it had to come back right call though and yeah, yeah no Wadi got into his first game um but uh you know which i mean and he played well again um murray abdulmanam i still like him still playing well um murray doing what he can like you said he got a you know he's in the front row and he got obliterated in the in the scrum yeah. this week but um which unfortunate but um 
you know, Ed Fidel had a nice little try celebration that's kind of making its rounds on social media. It's too bad that his try that he celebrated didn't <laughs> count. Um, no, no. That was a, uh, you know what though that that uh, the fact that you know they did this crazy celebration only for that try to get uh, get called back was about the only thing that went wrong for New York. So they yeah. got a couple other opportunities to celebrate tries throughout the game. All right. Should we move on to a more pleasant game, which is literally yeah. any of the other three games that happened? <laughs> um, okay, so we now go to Seattle for their game against Austin. This was the battle to remain undefeated. In both the East and it appears MLR as a whole at the moment, um, and you know the visitors had it really. Um, the final score: Seattle eighteen, Austin twenty-five. You know, putting a lot of pressure on the seawall. The first team this reach it. Um, Nikai Penny um, starting as flanker as he has um, already for every game this season, doing really well. Reed Watkins um, coming on as scrum half in the Second half, um, it's really disappointing because uh, Austin didn't use their Canadian player at all. So I think we can uh, stop talking about Austin now and uh, <laughs> focus. On yeah, that made Seattle. me. Um, in all honesty, it made me upset because I was hoping Seattle would win just so we could be like, see what happens when you don't play your Canadians, you lose. But then Austin won. Austin, um, I think I think there were some questions on Austin about like you know just. Because they've obviously were three and zero, but they were also, you know, had it all beat, home games. Yeah, all home games and all against teams that combined were like zero and nine, um, yeah. right? So, you know, this was a first big test. I mean, Seattle looking like they're in the midst of a turnaround season on their own. Um, Austin had their turnaround season last year, and now I guess Seattle's turn. Um, very good game though. Like you know, in the rain, Austin still able to use some skills. Um, they, you know, they, they got the better of, of Seattle, a lot of key areas. So I thought they were better at the breakdown. Seattle kind of started backing off of that a little bit later in the game too. Um, you know, better, better at the line out better, you know, the scrum was, was all right. And yeah, uh, you know, they scored some, uh, they scored some really nice tries and walked out of, you know, walked out of Seattle with a win, which, you know, in the first two seasons was a very of MLR was a very difficult thing to do. And then, you know, got progressively easier in uh, 2021. And uh, now, now it seems like it might be a hard place to win again. And so good on Austin for going in there and getting it done, setting up a big matchup with their, their uh, brothers, cousins. What are these teams considered next week? But uh, cocktail cousins, cousins. All right. Yeah. Setting up a big, big tilt next week though. All right. So um, from talking about one Texan team to the final Texan team of this weekend, it was Houston versus San Diego. Uh, this was a really close fixture up until um, uh, San Diego were finally able just to breach it and get that try that just really made the difference. Um, Houston led at the half 20 to 18, but then it was just um, two penalties and converted try gave San Diego the win. Houston 20, San Diego 31. Um, Houston had Robbie Povey coming in in the uh, second half. Uh, San Diego had Michael Smith for the entirety at flanker. Um, and Thiel and Lloyd did play in the game, but it was only for two minutes at the end, by which point, you know, San Diego had already won the match and Houston were trying to get that losing bonus point, you know, pushing for yeah. the try line. And then... Unfortunately, it was just held. They 
I think they intentionally were trying to not get the ball over the line, especially with so many defenders, but San Diego intentionally pulled them over the line so it yeah. would be held up and the game ended. Excellent gamesmanship. I've been talking about gamesmanship a lot this episode, but yep. uh, that's the thing. When you, when you know the rules so well, you know how to twist them to your advantage. No, yeah, that's definitely... I, that's definitely one of those things that it's it is the the reality of the new rules, right? It's it's you know almost it's advantageous for the defensive team to like if I mean obviously you'd probably take the ball being held up wherever it is, but yeah, probably advantageous a little bit to the defensive team to get the ball held up beyond the line because then you get the opportunity to clear the lines a little bit. Um, you did mention um, uh, Thiel and Lloyd kind of coming in late in the game. Uh, great to see Thiel back, um, obviously kind of missing a lot. Obviously, he's missing missed a lot of time with injury, so kind of nice to see that you know he's made his way back and got into an MLR game, and regardless of how many minutes are actually being played. It's, it's, it's nice to see him just make his way back into an MLR lineup. And, uh, you know, Lloyd, too, um, you know, for a bit of a different reason, has been, been away from the MLR for a couple of years. So um, nice to see him back, too. Uh, you know, gets, you know, gets the plan. Of, they, they both get the plan a pretty fun back line um, with uh, the San Diego Legion there. Right. So, like, I mean, realistically, too, it's like, you know, Josh Steele's Josh Steele was the guy that got to replace Mananu. That's kind of cool. Um, he came in for Mananu, which is kind of that's got to be a kind of that's kind of a cool thing. You can uh, you can tell the grandkids later. Um, I think from a Canadian point of view, story of this game, Michael Smith was phenomenal. Yeah, uh, in amazing. No, work. no surprise to any yeah, amazing work. Right? Yeah, dude. Every time I watch San Diego, I'm like, dude, Michael Smith's amazing. Um, like, just in- incredible seeing him, seeing him get to be like in the back row with like Rob Shaw as the other flanker too. Man, this so it's so much fun. Um, San, San Diego's you know San Diego's a, uh, a bit of a fun team to watch, man. And, yeah, like Smith was all all over the breakdown, making his tackles, um, had some decent carries when he got the ball. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal work rate all around. And y- like you you can't say much else about his game, man. This this kid's gonna be a star, man. Like, I can't wait to get him in in more uh see, see him in some more uh can- Canadian jersey a little bit more often, but like yeah, just phenomenal game from him, man. I um just I like I hope that that's like that I know he's maybe he didn't start the first game and then there were some injuries and then he got the start. This is the type of game that I'm hoping keeps him in that seventh jersey for the year. But like I hope that's the jersey. It's just like because San Diego kind of did that last year where it's like they didn't really play him and then he got into a couple games and he stayed there. I'm just yeah. kind of hoping like this is the game that it's like, okay, that seven jersey, that seven jersey is Michael Smith's. It's like, yeah, it's his. Like, just leave leave it on him. He was phenomenal. Outstanding performance from Smith in this game. All right. And we talk now about the final game of the weekend, the only Sunday fixture, Los Angeles Guiltinis versus the New England Free Jacks. And there's a lot of Canadian representation here. LA had Sis Duru, Les Leluali Mackin. Corey Thomas and Ben Lesage, whilst New England had Foster DeWitt, Josh Larson, Regan O'Gorman, and Jack Reeves. And all those names I mentioned were all starting for their respective sides. And this was another close encounter. New England um, got the scoring started with a penalty. 
LA then followed it up with a try and then another one and then New England came back and you know and then got a penalty to get the lead and then LA got a try but it was a really close encounter so obviously defense had a major part to play as well as attack as well um you know I think uh, Ben Lesage did great work in the build-up to his own try um because it was then offloaded and then passed back to him and he was able to brush off the tackler before scoring and yet at the same time especially with how Austin have been I think it's going to be difficult to pitch for LA next week I mean you know there was definitely some gaps in the play from last year compared to this year and yeah. You know, maybe that uh, star above the guillotine glass has now become a, a target on their backs. And Do they have yeah. a star on above the glass now? I think they should. Um, apparently, I, don't, they, I didn't see this. I didn't notice. Did they have a star? They, they don't, but I'm saying that they should and that they should make a lot of money. They're finally, they're finally wearing their, uh, I was going to say, they're finally wearing their 2022 jerseys, though. Or week that four. is true. And, uh, yeah, great work by Ben Mitchell. A fantastic rendition of Celine Dion on social media to uh, yeah. show off those new kits and especially his flowing locks. Just, just yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, that was, but that's, yeah, that but that's it. It was a very close game. Obviously, when you compare it to the first game of the 2021 season, New England have come from strength to strength. And, you know, LA have obviously had um, their coaching departure. Um, they've also had player departures as well, new players coming in as well. Certain key players like DTH Vandermoer still um, recovering from injury. So I, I wonder, like looking at LA last year, LA was one of the only teams that had like a full proper training camp last year. And I think that allowed them to kind of come out the gates guns blazing, especially since there was still a lot of question marks to the team. And then as the season went on, the gap between L.A. and the other teams closed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think with having everybody kind of on a little bit more of, I know like preseason games that are played were kind of an uneven number, but like every team got in like a camp at least. I think it's just kind of teams are, it's, you know, the gap on L.A. kind of closed a little bit. Um, but also, you know, you have a year's worth of tape and stuff to kind of look off of what they do. Um, but I think, you know, in this game, I thought that I thought they still played well. Obviously, the Free Jacks had their moments in the game, too. But, um, you know, Sirius Duru did well um, in the front row, able to draw some penalties at the scrum time. Um, Lesage, you kind of mentioned his try, too. I guess I guess uh, um, Lualali Mackin, too, part of that front row. Uh, you know, so they did well in this game too. Larson, typical Josh Larson self, man, the guy's mm-hmm. an animal. It's probably one of the free Jack's best players week in and week out. Uh, Reeves played. That is well. why he's captain. Yeah, that is why he's captain, man. Um, yeah, Fo- Foster do it. I guess a little bit of a harder time with the, uh, the scrum in this game, but, um, you know, that's to be, it happens sometimes. Um, maybe talk to, uh, t- maybe hopefully had a chat with, uh, justice after the game. And uh, you know, get some pointers, learn some things, and but yeah, I uh, I think it's a you know a fun game to watch. Um, cool, to see like some of the stuff, like the Giltini is unveiling like a little championship banner. That thing's kind of cool. Um, I do like uh, the the number font and stuff on the back of the new jerseys. Really cool. The uh, last names on everybody's kits also nice touch. Um, you know, some aesthetic things that the Giltini's did. Just a little nice little touches 
um, kind of adding, adding to their brand or whatever. It's always, always kind of fun to see. Um, even if, the, is there a star on the new one? I don't recall. Seeing. No, there isn't. There isn't it's one. Flat out believe, one. But I think there should be on every MLR champions kit. There should be a star above it. Cause even LA fans were asking about having the star on their jersey. Star. Yeah. But, you know, I guess it's uh, their decision. And if they don't want to acknowledge that they're the uh, defending champions, well, I guess that's uh, their prerogative. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly, Adam. It's uh, I, I Don't change it, though. It might take a while for their new ones to show up as they didn't get the uh, yeah. 2022 ones until week three. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. And, okay, so we're going to move away from MLR, but we're going to keep it in uh, North America because we have a bit of news that has come out this week. That is Rugby Ontario will host the men's under-19 Canadian Rugby Championship that will take place this year from July 31st to August 6th at the University of Guelph. And that is news that has come through over just the past couple of hours. I'm sure everyone is well aware about the conflict that has been going on in Ukraine and Russia's invasion of it. Um, World Rugby have announced that they have confirmed sporting sanctions for not only Russia, but also Belarus. And that includes the full and immediate suspension of Russia and Belarus from all international rugby and cross-border club rugby activities until further notice, as well as the full and immediate suspension of the Rugby Union of Russia from World Rugby membership until further notice. And if you're wondering why it's just Russia and not Belarus, it's because Belarus isn't a full World Rugby member at this time. Good. Yeah, that, that was my reaction as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and we know, like, so we know that um, in Canada and Ontario, there are um, Canadians with Ukrainian ancestry and to those with friends and family, um, we wish you all the best. We hope that this conflict comes to an end as soon as possible. Okay. So if you are looking to watch any rugby this weekend, well, interestingly enough, uh, it's going to be very difficult for the Arrows because there's no Six Nations on this weekend and there's no Arrows game this weekend. So you're going to have to, I don't know, go outside, socialize. Uh, and, and Batman yeah, comes I, out this weekend? Nah, it Do does. Do you see Batman? Well, I may. Uh, we got the Arrows don't play, so we have three, three hours this weekend. I don't know, but apparently I've discovered I have a girlfriend who wants me to spend time with her and yeah, I, I don't either, but... Uh, Batman sounds yeah. way more fun. I know Batman sounds fun, but apparently I had an agreement with her. I mean, I didn't even know I was dating at this point. But no. uh, um, we'll see. However, I have been able to find out that there are some other competitions going on. So don't worry, you can get your rugby fix. Um, on Sportsnet, you will have uh, Premiership and United Rugby Championship games. On TSN, you will get the latest in... Super Rugby Pacific on the Rugby Network. If you are working the night shift, we still have Japan League One, as well as all the other MLR fixtures that are taking place throughout this coming weekend. Speaking of MLR games that are coming this weekend, Derek, we have to make our predictions. And you had a great week uh, last week, uh, four, four correct, one wrong. And I mean, not so well, one correct, four wrong, but at least not as bad as Toonie. They got Zero for five. Uh-huh. But we start off with the first game of the weekend is Seattle versus Nola. Derek, who are you going with? 
Oh, uh, I know they're coming off a bye week, but this is sorry, this is Seattle at home, right? Yeah, yeah any so team that I'd say first is the home team. So Seattle. Yeah. I don't even care if Nola's coming off a bye week. Seattle, Seattle for sure. Nola hasn't really. No, okay. I don't think Nola's slowed too much this year. But okay, I'm going to agree. After coming off a loss, I will go with Seattle. Next up, down in Atlanta, who are also coming off a bye week. They will be hosting Houston. And and this is where I'm kind of on the fence. This is one which it seems to be like either or going with. This is the one where I do think coming off a bye week will help. So I'm going to go with Atlanta. Yeah, taking Atlanta too. I'll take Atlanta too. Okay, and now we have another team coming off a bye week. It is Utah, and they will be hosting the Dallas Jackals. Derek, who do you have? Draw. Draw. You're going with. Can I call that? Can I call that draw? You can call that. We do have. What do I get if I call a draw? I want. What happens? You'll get another. You'll get another one correct. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. It counts as a win. Yeah. Draw. Why not? I got it. Why not? All right, I'm going to use the same logic to apply again. I am going to go with Utah. Yeah, Utah's probably the right choice on this one. Hey, if you get a draw, then, you know, well done you. <laughs> okay. I was and... say, the, the betting, the cool bet betting odds on a draw are insane. If you look at me, if you can call, if you call a draw and actually like, like probably you make a decent chunk of change off not betting very much. Okay, so now we have the first round of the Cocktail Classic for 2022. The Austin Needs versus the LA Giltinis down at the bowl, down at the Circuit of the Americas at Bold Stadium. Who are you taking? I'm going to go with the home team again. I'm going with Austin. They, they're the guys that are on fire at the moment, literally. I mean, like, have you seen their kits? Amazing. I will never bet against Ben Lesage in my life. LA. Fair, fair enough. Fair LA. Except for that one time where he played the arrows and then I I did pick the arrows and then your devotion was to the Canadians. Yeah. yeah so exactly. I, I, understand I was saying, yeah, exactly. Austin has no Canadians. So I, I want to say Austin wanna, has one Canadian. Has one Canadian, but they don't play him. So I, I want to LA with the uh, a lot of Canadians. I'll take the uh, the a lot of Canadians on the Giltinis. Okay, now this one is another um, flip of a coin for me. Speaking of the two, this um, is one where you call draw. This, like, I'm not. I'm not going to call draw. I'm going to pick a team. I and that is we are down in Hoboken for New York to host their first game of the season against New England. We have that new New York New England rivalry going. Derek, who are you picking? Uh, I think I am going to go. I'll take the home team on this. I'll take New York only. Only I don't know if much necessarily separates them, but I'll take New York just because they're at home. That's my logic on this one. Okay, that's fair. It's a 50-50 kind of game. I think one team could take it. I'm hoping it's going to be another close clash and you know, whoever loses get the losing bonus points. So, and just to mix it up, again, I will go with New England. And final game of the weekend, it is back out west. 
as we see San Diego host DC. And I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going with San Diego. Yeah, I, you, you got to go. You have to go with San Diego. Unfortunately, I think, it, uh, you know, as unfortunate as it may be, I think Old Glory is going to be Old Glory is going to be the team if you're calling games or you're trying to pick games. They're just going to be the team that you never pick this year. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Until they uh, start doing a winning run, then don't see uh, them being picked for the time being. Well, that's mine and Derek's picks. But if you're looking for the Toonies picks, you can find them on our TikTok account at The Rouge Rugby. In fact, you can find us across all social media platforms at The Rouge Rugby, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and would like to listen to more, you can find it on Spotify or Anchor FM. And if you'd like watching us, you can watch more episodes on our YouTube channel, again, at The Rouge Rugby. Now, if you are watching, you'll notice our social media handles underneath us. But if you're listening, you obviously can't see that. So, Derek, where can people find you on social media? At Jet on any platform that you can think of. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Hardman, spelled at H4RDMAN. That's H4RDMAN. Well, that's it for this episode of The Rouge Rugby. Derek, thank you for joining me. And for those listening and watching, thank you for joining us. We hope you can join us again next time. <laughs>